Talk of the Town is a public service program produced by Midwest Family Springfield, airing Sunday morning on 92.7 WMAY, 98.7 WNNS, 97.7 WQLZ, and 102.5 The Lake. The mission of the show is to provide you with new information on the great organizations and great people in the Springfield area who work hard to make things easier for others throughout our community and to make Springfield a better place to live. The intent of this program is to be timely, topical, to entertain, and to inform. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is, of course, Talk of the Town with your host, Trent Nelson, and we're so happy to have you with us as per usual. It is a wonderful weekend, of course, and we've got a lot of great guests uh Three in particular, two interviews, three guests. We had United States Congresswoman Nikki Budzinski representing Illinois' 13th district right here, Springfield, and the surrounding area. We had a wonderful chat with her discussing her first year as a representative, how she felt things played out, talking about some of the innovations that she looked to make and that she continues looking forward to making. Really nice discussion, as well as a chat with Blake Pryor and Carlos Ortega, the new director of Downtown Springfield Incorporated. We spoke with both of them concerning the new hiring of Carlos, replacing Kayla Graven, who is working for Mayor Misty Busher's administration. Really nice discussion there as well. We spoke about Carlos's background, what he looks to bring to DSI, and uh, what made Blake and the rest of the hiring team choose Carlos. All of these questions uh, will be answered. You'll just have to be patient and pay attention. So with that being said, sit back, relax, grab a bit of coffee, perhaps some eggs or a sandwich, and let's get boogieing because this is Talk of the Town. This is your host, Trent Nelson. Let's go. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson. Good morning to all of our wonderful listeners. And of course, it's a wonderful morning, as all of our mornings are, to discuss important and topical events. And and who am I speaking to about those types of issues today? Well, you probably know her because a majority of you voted for her. Her name is Nikki Podzinski. She is the 13th Congressional District of Illinois, United States House of Representatives representative, and it is always such a pleasure to chat with her and to get some information concerning what she has been up to over her first year serving in that body. How are you today, Congresswoman? It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me on, Trent. The pleasure is all ours, and we're certainly thankful for the chance to catch up with you. It has been several months. It all, it's been almost a year since we got to hang out at the Illinois State Capitol. Of course, we've seen each other in the time since, but always wonderful yep. to have a good discussion. Now, Congresswoman, in your first year, of course, you have been active in politics and government for, for many years uh, in different roles and whatnot. Could you explain to our listeners a bit what you were expecting as well as what did you find when you got there? <laughs> That's a good question, Trent. So in my 
My first year, one of the things I would say I'm probably the most proud of is the work I've been doing to find common ground with both Democrats and Republicans on issues that matter most to our communities in central and southern Illinois. You know, I talked a lot about after being elected that I felt like the constituents of the 13th district expected me to go to Washington to find solutions, not be a part of the political noise. Right. And I think I've been able to do that on a number of different initiatives, whether it's in agriculture, workforce development, advocating for more infrastructure dollars. I've been able to do that with Republicans and Democrats. And I think sometimes when folks are looking at Washington from home, it just looks like we all don't get along. But in fact, actually, we can find some places where we can work together. And I've been actively working to find those places. And we've noticed as much, Congresswoman, uh, many of our minds are constituted, uh, perhaps naturally, perhaps as a result of the society we live in. They're oftentimes more analytical. We're always looking and finding differences between us, as opposed mm-hmm. to synthetic, which is uh, finding the similarities. And certainly, as you just noted, there are similarities that we can find even with people that we ostensibly don't have a great deal of similarities with. There's always a few. And so with that being said, one of the big things that we spoke about our first time was supporting family farmers and rural communities, the farm bill and stuff of that nature. Could you go into a bit more about just what you've done in that capacity over this first year? Yeah, well, let me say, you know, I serve on the House Agriculture Committee. I've really been enjoying the work of that committee because it is a historically bipartisan committee and a place where good policy happens. And the Farm Bill being top among them. Uh, Last year, the Farm Bill did expire in September, but we were able to extend it for this next year. It'll come up for reauthorization again in September of 2024. I'm going to use that time to continue to advocate for two of the initiatives that have been bipartisan. Um, I'm hoping to get into the Farm Bill. As you mentioned, Trent, we've talked about this, the need to identify the next generation of farmers. You know, for the state of Illinois, agriculture is our number one economic driver. And so when you recognize that a farmer average age is 58 years old, we need to know who is coming up behind that farmer, who's that next generation coming into agriculture. We produce some of the best soybean, uh, corn. We have the most fertile, best soil in the country. We want to take advantage of that um, in our communities, but we need farmers, obviously, to be the growers to do that. And so my Young and Beginning Farmer Bill, I'm doing that piece of legislation with my Republican friend from Des Moines, Zach Nunn. We introduced it to provide low-interest loans to Young and Beginning farmers to help them acquire land. That's one of the biggest obstacles because young people that are trying to get into agriculture, very difficult to compete with developers um, in acquiring land to get into agriculture. I feel like that could be one really important way to incentivize young people to get into agriculture. The other initiative that I've been working really hard on that's bipartisan is investments in our agricultural research. We have amazing community colleges like the one in Springfield. Lincoln Land Community College has a phenomenal agricultural program. I actually hosted my first agricultural advisory council meeting at Lincoln Land School of Agriculture. We also have the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, their College of ACES. So I want to see increased investment in research because it means more innovation for central and southern Illinois growers. It means 
helping us to keep the competitive edge as it relates to our agricultural economy. And so I've introduced on a bipartisan basis the America Grows Act, which would increase our agricultural funding on an annual basis for the next 10 years. So those are two initiatives I've been really working on. I'm hoping to get them both in a bipartisan farm bill to get done this September. Fascinating stuff. Of course, uh, people do not often think about what we might call the micro functions necessary to fulfill greater functions. We would like young people to be farming, yet the question, as you noted, must be asked, how are they going to do that? Uh, How do we expect them to do this if we do not provide them the tools to succeed? They will likely go someplace where there are, in fact, tools to succeed. So we appreciate all of that hard work. Thank you. And my pleasure, Congresswoman, in that same vein, of course, we're going to transition to health care. Because in the same way that we wish to retain organic farmers, organic in the sense of coming up through the ranks, as it were, we also need to retain healthcare specialists. And of course, in Mm -hmm. Illinois, in this particular central Illinois area, we are familiar with this term healthcare desert. Um, Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. so would you tell us a bit about the work that you are involved in to try to help those smaller communities stay healthier? Yeah, thank you very much for that question, Trent, because it has been one of my top priorities in the first year in office. You know, our rural communities and quite frankly, communities across central and southern Illinois, ranging in some sizes, obviously, are facing a shortage of healthcare providers, healthcare professionals. And so one of the pieces of legislation I'm very excited to be doing with Senator Durbin is a bipartisan piece of legislation called um, the Rural Health Core Act. And what that legislative initiative would do is to say, if you're a healthcare professional, you're an OBGYN, uh, you are providing behavioral health to people that we have a lot of need for behavioral health specialists. If you practice in our communities for five years, we will help relieve some of your student debt. And again, that to me is just a common sense, practical way for us to incentivize more healthcare professionals where we do have those deserts, like you mentioned, in those communities address these issues and these shortages, which are really um, very troubling and can affect people in their everyday lives. I'm a really proud member of the Rural Health Core, I'm sorry, Rural Health Care Caucus in the House. Uh, Republicans and Democrats from districts all across the country that, quite frankly, are facing a lot of these same shortages of healthcare professionals in their districts, we're trying to come together as Democrats and Republicans to find some real solutions. I think that the Rural Health Core Act that I've introduced, I think, is one of those types of solutions. Absolutely. It is crucial innovation to attempt to make, and hopefully it will come to fruition. It's to your point concerning relieving the debt of individuals who work in specific fields and in specific communities, uh, the idea itself is brilliant enough to be extrapolated outward, right? If we have Mm -hmm. education deserts, we should be providing for those teachers the same incentives. We should... So many points to jump off there. And we wish that we had you for hours because we we could (laughs) chat for hours. Well, I'll come back anytime, Trent. (laughs) Well, of course, we are looking forward to that. We're going to take a quick commercial break here on Talk of the Town here with Trent Nelson. And we'll catch you in just a hot second. 
Talk of the Town here with Trent Nelson. Again, joining us here right now, we have Congresswoman Nikki Budzinski of Illinois' 13th Congressional District. And we have gone through some really wonderful stuff over talking about Congresswoman Budzinski's first year serving as Illinois' 13th Congressional District. Representative, We spoke a bit about farming, family, the rural communities uh, where those farms are often located. We spoke about greater access to health care and incentives that can be provided for professionals to apply their trade where their trade is most needed. But before we let the Congresswoman go, we would be remiss if we did not touch upon one of this host's favorite topics, local infrastructure. Because who doesn't love a little hard and soft infrastructure? Um, We love to go online and we love to drive on roads. So right there, we got both covered. As it concerns the Springfield Rail Improvements Project, also known as the Consolidation Mm -hmm. Movement, of course, the federal government continues to help us here revitalize the community in those ways. Uh, Recently, we learned that some of the funds that were previously moved or noted for us have been utilized for different projects. And so there's a bit of a delay concerning that. But as it concerns and as it regards the Rail Improvements Project and the Pillsbury factory, the famous Mm -hmm. Pillsbury factory we have here, what can you tell us uh, concerning those innovations over the last year and moving forward? Yeah, thank you. Those those are both two very important projects for the city of Springfield. And, you know, the Springfield Rail Project, obviously, you know, we were disappointed to see that the funding didn't come in this year. But I am going to do everything I can in this next year to make sure that we bring those resources to fruition and we get the project back completely on track. You know, I think this might lead to a short-term delay is what I understand it, but we're going to get this done. I'm going to work with our Senator Dick Durbin, has been a longstanding leader on these issues on the specific rail project in Springfield. So we're going to do everything we can to work with him and uh, do everything we can to support bringing those dollars back. I actually had Mitch Landrew was my very first visitor from the administration to Springfield. And we brought him, yeah, to the footprint to show him the rail project in Springfield, where this was happening, how transformational this project is for the city of Springfield, and to meet with local leaders. So I'm doing everything I can to really elevate and emphasize the importance of the project and will continue to do so. On the Pillsbury project, we've been working really closely. There's a great organization, obviously very local-led, um, on the ground in Springfield to, you know, reform, refurbish, revitalize the footprint of where the Pillsbury plant currently stands to create real economic opportunity on the east side of Springfield. I've been able to, in this first year, uh, bring back uh, several hundred thousand dollars toward helping to fund Uh, the revitalization in this project. I do hope that we get a federal budget. We will have that come up again for a potential vote in March. If we can get a budget done, which I really hope we can, I have an additional million dollars in that budget for the Pillsbury project. So again, a lot of really important initiatives. Some of it is contingent on the budget and where that lands, but I'm advocating for both of them, along with some other projects in Springfield, the 1908 race riot designation as a national monument, that site. That's something I have bipartisan legislation on uh, with Congressman Darren LaHood. Um, Would like to see that also happen for the city of Springfield. Another important initiative I have is the CAP Innovation Center on the east side of Springfield, which is a 
um, an incubator for black black entrepreneurship in Springfield. Um, I have several million dollars in the budget for that particular initiative in Springfield. So there's a, there are a lot of things we're working on, um, and I'm going to work my hardest to make sure we can make each of them a reality. Well, we certainly appreciate all of that hard work, Congresswoman Budzinski. Of course, the race riot that occurred here just short of 100 years ago, a few years short of 100 years ago, is worthy of being a national monument, uh, worthy of our memory. It's worthy to learn about, and we must highlight both the positive and the negative of history in order to come to a reasonable understanding of our present and future circumstances. Well said, Trent. I agree. Thank you very kindly, Congresswoman Budzinski. And of course, a 2024 budget would be lovely. We've had many a continuing resolution, and so I think many of us are ready for a budget. Let us hope that we can get one. And when we do, we will be sure to speak with the Illinois 13th Congressional District Representative. You know her as Representative Nikki Budzinski. And we are always so thrilled to have a good chat with her. And again, will you come back and hang out with us again? Absolutely. Anytime you'll have me. <laughs> Don't say that, but yes, we will, we, will, we will have a wonderful time real soon. And of course, we look forward to it. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will catch you real soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Trent. Absolutely. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson. And again, we just had a wonderful chat with Congresswoman Nikki Budzinski of the 13th Congressional District, which is where we live. And we are hoping that you all have as wonderful a weekend as I hope the Congresswoman has. And we will catch you real soon. Talk of the Town here with Trent Nelson. And good morning. What a wonderful morning it is to talk about, well, humans, the community, getting together and building something fantastic. And luckily for us humans, since we're not really great at doing that desperately, we have institutions and groups that we form. And one of these important institutions in our own community, you all know it quite well. And if you don't, well, then I'm glad that you're here with us this morning. It's called Downtown Springfield Incorporated. And previously, we have uh, chatted with somebody from there. Her name was Kayla Gravens. She's no longer there. She works for the mayor's administration, doing work for the city as well. Congratulations to her. But we have some other folks here I instead. Kayla's replacement, his name is Carlos Ortega, and he is wonderful enough to join us this morning, as well as DSI President Blake Pryor. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Doing wonderful this morning. Thanks for having us. We are well. Thank you very much, Trent. Oh, the pleasure is absolutely all ours. We love to hang out with good, kind folks who are interested in helping to develop the community in a myriad of ways, a downtown community in particular. Would both of you fine gentlemen do us the favor for perhaps our listeners who aren't as aware of what DSI is as others? Could we explain it, what the role is, what the process processes are, and uh, how you guys look to make a positive impact on our community? Certainly, I can take that question. DSI, as we affectionately abbreviate it, is a 501c6, which means it's a membership-funded organization. It's been in existence for three decades. What DSI strives to do is to promote and enhance the vitality of a downtown for its members, for its businesses. And bringing Carlos in, we hope to kind of take that 
into what we hope is uh, ultimately the next uh, phase into that as we continue to do uh, the good work for our downtown members. Absolutely brilliant. We love good work. We love passion. We love ambition. Now, we'll move to you, Mr. Ortega. What as Mr. Pryor previously alluded to, what are some of your visions for the future of DSI and of our downtown? Well, first, I want to say thank you for letting me be on your show today. It's it's an honor coming back to my hometown community. I was born and raised in Springfield, Illinois, really creating a thriving ecosystem in something that is near and dear to my heart is something I'm very passionate about. And I do believe that um, having the opportunity like this to create an impact on both the citizens and uh, create an impact on the community that helped me travel and experience life to its fullest is something that I'm, I'm excited and willing to come back and do. Well, we're certainly excited to have such enthusiasm. It's not always common to find, even amongst uh, executives, uh, a real passion for something, a real organic passion. Uh, tell us a little further into that. Uh, what did our lovely town how did it give you this possible chance to do good in the world? So one of the things that uh, really impacted me in, in high school, I went to Springfield High, and um, was uh, volunteering for Habitat for Humanity. And there were a number of these youth builds at the time where youth would get together and build a house one summer over the three months. And I was a leader of one of those youth builds at, at one point. I was a youth volunteer leader. I was a, a food uh, volunteer leader, construction coordinator, youth leader. And having those opportunities to see the impact that individuals can get together can make on the lives of a family is something that uh, really changed my changed my life for the better. I noticed at that time that the community of Springfield and people here are willing to work together for the common good and really strive to create a difference in the lives of people who, who, who need support. And that was the beginning of my time really striving towards wanting to do good and creating a better world for uh, the, next, the next generation. That is brilliant and beautiful and something I think we can all be heartened by for sure. Now... Of course, developing the community, as you just noted, takes uh, takes shape in, in a myriad of different ways, whether we're constructing houses for families that need it, of course, with the homeless issue that we have in our community. More housing is necessary. More housing is necessary of all types for people to thrive, to be safe and, and, and grow. But of course, business is another part of that and developing downtown economically as well as personally is very important endeavor. With that said, we now know that you are set to take the helm in just a day. What do you see as the state of our community right now as you're getting ready to work on its progress further? I see a lot of potential. I think that there's a lot of room for growth and a lot of opportunity for that growth to really make an impact on the community and people's lives. So whether that be through establishing opportunities for businesses to grow and thrive through like the Israel Housing Grant, yes, the Levitt Amp Music Series, the Farmer's Market, really creating a place where people want to be and creating spaces where people can grow. And uh, some of the things that I think uh, we can work towards are facilitating the uh, development of those downtown locations in a more comprehensive way by encouraging small businesses to develop and grow downtown, but also encouraging people to live downtown. Um, I think that by creating a, these avenues of opportunity, we can 
really have a thriving uh, downtown and place where people can live. Avenues of opportunity. We love that. Those are our favorite roads to walk down, practically speaking. Oh, and we're going to move quickly before we let uh, both of uh, you lovely gentlemen head out. We know that it's a busy day here chatting with uh, new executive director of Downtown Springfield Incorporated, Carlos Ortega, as well as DSI president, Blake Pryor. And this one, Blake, is for you. And we're, we're going to uh, we're going to embarrass Carlos for a second here. Tell us what you saw in Carlos that made you understand, made you all understand that that he should be the next executive director here. (laughs) I can already see Carlos starting to blush. Um, (laughs) So when we put together the search committee to find the next executive director, we met with express employment professionals. They helped uh, facilitate the interviews. Good friends of our program as well. Absolutely. Shout out to them. They were a great help, great partner. And in, in having a brainstorming session with them, we were really looking for what are the essential qualities of the next leader that we're looking for. And I think through that search committee, we found we were looking for somebody who was a self-starter. We were looking for somebody who took initiative and had a proven track record of following through on those initiatives. We were looking for a change agent, somebody who was adaptable, somebody who could have a lot thrown at them and be able to process it and make, you know, lemons from it, if you will. And I think most of all, what really struck me is how passionate, how driven Carlos is. I think, and I'm probably speaking for the whole search committee, I think that was probably the biggest um, aha moment for me of, I I think this guy is going to do really, really well for uh, the organization. Brilliant stuff. You know, you can you can teach some folks some things, but passion is not one of those things. Uh, and we either have it or we do not. And certainly uh, in our time with Carlos this morning, we have felt that uh, just as, as well as you've said it. Uh, so thank you both for coming down and spending some time with us. Uh, Carlos, before we let uh, both of you head out, is there anything you'd like to tell the community? Any final words before we, we let you start getting to work? I want to state that I, I'm really excited to learn more about uh, what people think of the downtown community. I'm, I'm, I'm opening up, uh, would like to open up different listening sessions and really get the opinion of, of the community and, and, and work with, uh, with them to grow downtown. Well, one thing this host can say is that uh, they love to talk. So if you're asking them to talk to you, they'll have a whole bunch to say. And uh, we suspect you are a wonderful listener as well. And so they won't be shy giving you their thoughts. This is a good thing, though. We, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. We need to understand where we're at and how we feel. And that's the best way forward. So uh, we look forward to seeing what you guys get up to in the future, along with your entire staff, the entire staff of Downtown Springfield Incorporated. Uh, really wonderful folks. New Executive Director Carlos Ortega and President of Downtown Springfield Incorporated, Blake Pryor, joining us here on Talk of the Town here with Trent Nelson. Go out and enjoy uh, Downtown Springfield, and if you've got something to say on the topic, just hold tight, and uh, you'll probably get your chance sooner than later. Thanks for listening to Talk of the Town. We'll be back next Sunday morning. Talk of the Town is a public service of Midwest Family Springfield. If you have any questions about today's program or previous programs, contact the show at MidwestFamilySPI.com slash Talk of the Town or call Midwest Family Springfield at 217-629-7077.